Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. From my day job, if you like, mm-hmm. and... Um, how much I was generating from the consultancy, seeing as I started from a standing start. So mm. it's there in the background. I've still got everything set up. Uh, the good thing is that I can start again just like that. But yeah. I sort of had to just take take the quarter and see it through, regroup, and then we'll see in the new year. So it's not dead. It's still there. There's still a few projects that I'm working on quietly. But the mm. day job has had uh, taken precedent because it felt like I was a new starter. It was really surreal. It was just like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Why don't I know how to do these things? It was very, very weird. Yeah. But is, is that within your consulting like opportunities to create digital assets that you can load on some platform and people can can uh, take like courses or something that, that people can just do listen in their own time or whatever which gives you a little bit of income it's it's mm. a good thing you brought that up actually because that was something that i was thinking about one mm. of the things that i have become very good at is um explaining very simple what i consider simple uh sort of processes and mm-hmm. and, and and themes in a way that people can understand and just making them more manageable uh, yeah. i don't know if you remember a few months ago i did a uh a, a seminar a webinar rather with um the black young professionals network mm-hmm. and it went really really well and the feedback that i got was quite um quite enlightening because they said you're explaining themes that we know about and processes that we know about, but you've managed to tailor them to a way that makes sense for me yeah. as a lay person. So mm-hmm. that got me thinking about what avenues can I go in terms of putting content out, yeah. uh, not necessarily a written word, but in a spoken word or an interactive forum that's short and sharp, so 15, 20 minute bites yeah. that you put out there. And it got me thinking, and it's one of those things that, you know, in 2020, everybody has lurched forward doing things. And it's, mm-hmm. I really wanted just to take the time, similar to what you did with your podcasts, yeah. uh, and sort of just making time, really having a vision of what it is, really having a map out, and then having a systematic, consistent process. Because with things like content, mm-hmm. it all falls and starts, starts and falls on the quality of the content. Yeah. So a brilliant idea executed badly you might not have, might as well not have bothered. So yeah, I have got plans. Uh, there's a lot to learn, <laughs> as yeah. you know. There's a lot to learn. However, yeah. I am hoping to to utilize my connections. I don't think there's a, any reason for me to start inventing the wheel yeah. and learning, making my own mistakes. Uh, when I've got people like yourselves that do podcasting yeah. successfully, yeah. Uh, you know, to to be shown the ropes. So yeah, I'm hoping that this new year that I'll get to a point where I'm actually packaging content that's suitable. And the other thing that I've realized is I've got 10 years experience in the telecoms industry. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's it's an industry that a lot of money is spent on. Uh, yeah. You've worked in corporate, you know, yeah. you, computers have to work, telephones have to work, mobiles have to work. 
mm-hmm. whether staff are at home, whether the staff are uh, in the office. And, and nowadays it's, you know, it's both ways. Yeah. And I'm trying to get to a place thinking about all I do really in my job is educating people on what's available, what solutions are available and matching those to their problems. And I'm wondering if there's a way around getting that level of content that's available for people that don't have a lot of time to -hmm. understand what's underneath the bonnet, but make sure that that content is relevant in bite-sized chunks to decision makers, to people that run businesses, people that hold the purse strings. So they start to understand and we take the mysticism out, out of telecoms, you know, less jargon and, and, you know, let's, let's talk in letters and numbers and more, you know, you need people to be working from home with a telephone and this is what they need. Don't worry right. about what this, all the, all the other stuff, how it happens and what the magic is, but mm. this is how it works. So yeah, that's something else that I've been thinking about in terms of content because I've got a wealth of experience from that front as well. Yeah. But uh, just, just remember, you know, when, when you're looking to do stuff, don't, don't look to be like a perfectionist or anything. Just to get started and get perfect. Oh, I can't do perfection, Alex. It's been, it's, I'm almost 40 and I've yet to perfect a single thing. So, yeah, that's really good advice. I think you gave me that advice as well yeah, back yeah. in June. Exactly. You, say, you just perfect things as, as you go along because yeah. you'll be surprised you know how many people are out there who who will use uh, the the just the information that you have in the way that you have it now. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so compl- when I say the planning, it's not necessarily to perfect it, but mm-hmm. to really just set up a syllabus, if you like, to say right, uh, this is this is the route that I'm going to take. Uh, yeah. The delivery will get better and better and better with each episode mm-hmm. and the feedback that I get. I'm yeah. not frightened of trying and failing, not at all. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's really just to make sure that it's cohesive and it makes sense and I'm not lurching from one topic to the next or whatever yeah. catches yeah. my whim. Uh, and I think that's really, really important. And, you know, I see people, like you, like you say, people have been podcasting ferociously yeah. over the last nine, ten months like never before. There's so much content out there. Yeah, and it's been, a really good, and it's been a really good opportunity to observe good content, cohesive content that you can easily, you know, I like listening to your podcast because you sort of have a theme going in every week. And there's some some podcasts you listen in and you're like, this week you're lurching to this place and the next week you're lurching. You're like, oh my goodness, where, where are we? So my, yeah. my take is that if I have an idea and that there's a theme that I can take somebody along on a journey. So if they're yeah. bored for the next two hours and they're listening to, you know, they've got, I don't know, uh, two, a, a couple of hours, they'll listen to five, six little mini podcasts, that there's a theme that will take them through from one place to the next. And that that's one chapter done. And then they'll do that again. Yeah. If yeah you like, yeah. so that's the bit that I'm, I'm really hoping to, to knuckle down. I have worked a little bit on it over the Christmas break, but mm-hmm. I must admit I was completely burnt out, <laughs> you know, by the end of, uh, uh, what was it? Friday the 18th. I was like, no, yeah. I'm done. I don't want to look at my laptop. I don't want to Zoom anybody. I don't want to do Teams. I don't want to send a single email. I don't want a team call. I don't want anything. So, yeah, but uh, we're we're heading into the new year yeah. now in a, in a couple of hours. Yeah, sure. And and I think one 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 thing I notice as well is <clears throat> sometimes when we're looking to start doing some things, we think, oh, there's already a lot of stuff out there or people are doing better or are doing this, it's high quality content and all this. But if you look at the market out there, there's uh, billions of people. And the, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
gonna, it's gonna, you know. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Just to be your own brand and genuine as, as you are. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's really good advice as well. And that's a really good reminder to say, you know, when you think about, I always look at Oprah. Oprah's massive. She's huge. It doesn't stop other people trying to do what she does, to have talk shows and have magazines and to have influence and be really, really successful. They might never be billionaires like Oprah is, but they carve out their own space and they have a following. And and that's something that works for those people. And I look at the stuff that I like and I enjoy and why I enjoy it. It's not necessarily the same for other people. So, Mm. like you said, there's the cake is massive. There's enough to go around. It's just about making sure that you get started. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's one of our big twenty twenty goals: having content. And 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 it 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 works because every individual person is unique, isn't it? They've got their own own brand. So people Definitely. relate to that. You know, you you see people. You know, they listen to me. Might be you know uh, slow and uh, whatever it is, but they, they sort of enjoy that. But that that's but the pace that they're comfortable with and that they're happy with. And it also, it's not just that they like the slow or, what, or your style. It's yeah. that they like your style at a certain time, and at a certain time, they'll prefer to listen to somebody else who's yeah. a, a very different, a polar opposite to what you are. So it, it's just being able to present that variety exactly. and not getting too hung up about being unique and too special mm. or or anything is actually just saying i've got an idea here's some content i'm gonna go out and do it so i'm gonna, I'm gonna take the advice so for 2021 mm. yeah watch this space there'll be yeah. digital uh my dulcet tones shall be over the airwaves <laughs> in the ether <laughs> that's, that, that's what you need to do you know, just, just go out there because it's interesting i was uh I've got a one one uh, um, life coach. I, I uh, sort of uh, interviewed on my podcast as well, mm-hmm. and she's just uh, her own brand. And she talks about this uh, gap of of uh, people who you know to try to present themselves in a particular way in some circles, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously in reality they are something else. So you create this gap of you know who you are and what you're trying to present, and it's very hard to maintain. <laughs> exactly. It's really really hard to maintain. You will get caught out very easily. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I mean, you, you've worked in corporate. So mm. being in, I've worked in corporate for a long, long time. Yeah. And there's a there's a bit where your corporate and yeah. your corporate self and your self-self yeah. and once, once you don't get to that balanced space where you can be yourself and corporate in a way that's not jarring mm-hmm. you know you catch yourself like oh wow who was that who yeah. just turned up to that meeting <laughs> and you know you, you think you're quite well, did they notice that did yeah. they see what just happened so yeah being, being authentic and true to oneself is yeah, yeah. Totally key. It's, it's, and if 2020 taught us anything it's about just maintaining who you are it's yeah, yeah, it's everything just shifted so much mm. uh, and i'm sure there's still people playing games people still presenting mm-hmm. a version of themselves that's not who they yeah. really are uh, and uh, and sometimes we have to present a part of us that's not necessarily the full picture because the people that we're presenting to need mm-hmm. to see just that aspect of it and that's perfectly fine yeah. but when you start to really make up and really augment the, the 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 real you then that's where it becomes problematic and i can't imagine it's a lot of fun Mm. Trying to remember to switch it on. I'm going to switch it on. Yeah. And as soon as we turn the cameras off, I was like, oh my God, that was hard work. I can't believe I was just doing that. 
exactly so uh, yeah i think i think that's that's something I've, I've learned as well that you know sometimes your 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 best beats like when you turn up the best is maybe when uh, nothing is choreographed or is planned or is is whatever you just uh, turn up and talk like this this is what uh, the, this coach does sometimes you just uh, put on the facebook live with no topic or nothing or just yeah you know, people sign up and you just talk. And you find at some point she gets to hit, you know, something that's uh, knowledgeable and makes sense and all of that. Yeah. Sometimes you can it's all very organic. It's, yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it's interesting. I think we've got uh, Pam uh, joining. Hey. Hi, Pam. <laughs> Hi. You're mm. making me feel cold. Sound. <laughs> Are you cold? Feeling cold? I'm always feeling cold. <laughs> you 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 gotta turn the heating up. Make it like Club Tropicana. <laughs> I always but make it, it high up. I even sometimes have a heater on after the heating is on. Yeah. You know, now that you've mentioned the heater, so um, when I was working from home with when the kids were at school. I work in a dining room. I've got a little home office area set up in my dining room. And I'd I'd hate to heat up the whole house just to stay warm in one room because I'm most in that one room. So I've got this little heater, oil heater, which went under my desk and it worked a treat. But it's become psychological. So now the kids have been at home and the house is warm enough because we've heated up the whole house. Mm. And I went and sat by my desk yesterday and automatically I put the, the oh, under the I, desk heater on. I, I was like, why am I putting this on? The house is warm enough. I don't need any extra heat. So, no, staying warm is a, yeah. is a, is a battle. It's been quite cold, isn't it? Did you get snow in your um, area? We had snow yesterday. Mm. But it didn't. It stuck for a little while, but then it warmed up just above freezing, and then that cleared yeah. off. But it's been quite freezing, um, mm. sort of just above zero or just underneath, just under zero all throughout. Mm. And I think it's if I check my phone, I'm sure it's minus I one. When I was in the... it again. Oh, the sound! The sound. Are you are you logged in on your phone? Yeah. Are you on iPhone on oh. Safari? It's got a bag, so I'm trying to update my iPhone, but it's taking so long. Oh, it's, yeah, no, my iPhone is the same. Remember, Alex, when I joined first? Yes. Safari, yes. it came up with a thing to say Safari is causing jitter, but it will settle. It will settle. So that's why, I, that's why I just got the laptop out instead. Yeah, if you have a laptop somewhere, it's probably better or quicker. Or, uh, yeah, it's it's better on a, on a laptop. Okay. Let me, let me put on my laptop then. Mm, okay. Cool, cool, cool. How uh, have you found this year, um, Alex, with your podcast? Because I remember the early days when you're starting out. And uh, I think I remember you sending us um, in our group uh, a couple of tunes, a couple of jingles. Like, guys, which jingle do you want? <laughs> so I'm just thinking, like, that's come a long way yes, from, from picking a jingle and... and uh, <laughs> Uh, it's gone really because at at the start when i started i thought uh, you know it will be more face to face with people so yeah i've got all my kit i've got stuff that i can take to people like uh, i think did i did i bring it to you i don't think i did no no yeah i i've I've got the kit and even the 
the handheld stuff and all. But uh, now with the StreamYard, I haven't needed to use that. I just, uh, you know. You just on. need a phone. Yeah. <laughs> I just need eight device and headsets. You know, eight device and then, uh, you know, you go and everything is recorded. I get the audio files, I send them to the studio and they do the rest. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been really good. And uh, um, sometimes, obviously, I'm uh, working. I try to get uh, people on, but, uh, you know, Almost every person that I've, uh, I've asked, even some people from the U.S., they've actually been, if you look at some of the guys that yeah. I've spoken to from the U.S., they contacted me to, you know, to get on the podcast and talk to them and all of that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been quite good. There's uh, different stories. There's uh, one that's uh, coming up uh, with um, this guy, Ray McLennan interesting stories you know uh, of uh, what they've done and uh, yeah it's uh, for, for me that's that's the theme just capturing people's journey journeys, yeah so, yeah the lessons within and all of that so um yeah well, it's, been, it's been interesting what have you found to be the highlight for you um over this year, I mean, with all the challenges that we've had, with all the, you know, with the, particularly you, you're a parent like I am, yeah. um, and uh, unfortunately we we we're both single parents. When we have our children, we've got them by ourselves. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a very different kettle of fish <laughs> parenting uh, a solo. Yeah. Um, and you know, the 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 I think the early part of the year was super tough for the children in terms of. We're quite used to saying to the children, we're on holiday for six weeks or we're on holiday for two weeks. So you're going to go back to school. And we sort of have all those cues where mm-hmm. we don't even think about it. But like, you know, a couple more weeks, you know, yeah. next Monday, we're going to have to start winding down to get ready for school. And I, mm-hmm. I remember at the beginning of um, the lockdown, we, we couldn't tell them <laughs> when, when we're going back to work. And it just seemed really never ending. And how have you managed to do all of the aspects of uh, being a parent mm. and being a dad uh, and being present as well as running a podcast, as well as running a really successful business with all the rest that goes with it. I mean, for you, what's been? Yeah, I think for, for, for me, first of all, I found this uh, scenario as a sort of uh, equalizer in a way for, for people because in the, in the normal scenario where we were, yeah. it seemed like things were very fast in terms of for how things were happening, you know, people are rushing to work, are doing things and mm-hmm. everything seems to be fast paced, yeah, so yeah. you really have to be, you know, working your socks off in order to either catch up people, be somewhere you want you want, you want it to be, so when all this lockdown and everything happens, it, it to me just looks like a, a stop, yeah, yeah. Just stop and uh, reflect on everything else that is happening and then uh, map out, you know, where you want to be and how you can be in a way that uh, you can actually, if you stop and think, you can schedule things and do things because everyone else has stopped. So if yeah. you try and do certain things, you can sort of try in a in a almost like leisurely pace to try and catch up the first yeah. time. Of, uh, of uh, everything that is happening. So for me, uh, because I, I'm I'm generally of that uh, sort of theme anyway of uh, you know taking things a bit slow, being methodical, mm-hmm. 
what you're doing. And when the world is moving so fast, you feel like you can be left behind. But when everything stops, for me, it brought a lot of clarity because I could sit down and map out, okay, what is it that I want to do? So, you know, creating these digital assets and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've even um, done like an online course now for property development. That's uh, oh wow, what's yeah, it called? Um, it's a it's a small developments and conversions masterclass. Yeah, so it just takes people through um, how you know how you can do uh, small developments, like mm-hmm. you know how to structure them or the things that you need to uh, things consider. to think about and yeah around you know changes and, and planning and and all of that. But are they are they understandable small scale? Just like you are saying, you know breaking things down into small understandable pieces for people. So I think I've got uh, like about nine modules or so. So I take people Sweet. in small, small chunks of maybe between five, 10 minutes. And I give examples uh, so I, I could put together my uh, like, uh, uh, you know, drawings and everything. I'll show yeah. them to show you this is where, how you could uh, look at this, and this is what you, it would be if you convert it this way, and give loads of examples of the tasks that people see on a day-to-day basis, like houses, you know, this particular nature, or an office of this, how it can be yeah. something. So take people slowly, and creating those digital because once it's sort of uh, put together, it will just be online, people can watch it in their own time, but it's a job that's done once, and then once you do it and it, you yeah. upload it, it can be shared a, a million times. Absolutely, you know, and and I did that because I was getting a, a lot of uh, inquiries or questions when I speak to people. Oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? Yeah. So I thought, you know, it might be easier and quicker. I can just point them to to, to the course. They can have a look. And then at the back of that, any uh, people who would like more help or hand-holding or they actually have done, have listened to the course and they think they need more help or they can... Um, looking to embark on it, I can do like, you know, either mentorships or coaching or something. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you open up something quite interesting. And I think this year, probably more than ever, and I don't know whether it's because it's more heightened or whether, like you said, the world slowed down quite a lot. But yeah. I think people are more open to investing in themselves and investing in uh, getting a coach and somebody to really push them to get to the next level, more so than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my, my consultancy has been proof of that. You know, um, people say, I know I've got this thing. I know there's a gap. I'm happy to pay for it. Whereas it's never been so apparent. It's been always a leap of faith, I think. Whereas now it seems like um, Mm -hmm. people accept that that's what you need to do to get to the next level or to to you. You have to invest either time or find somebody that will really ground you and shake it up and shake up your tree to make sure that you get to the next level and just. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good thing. I think that's been a, mm. a, a feature of 2020 that I've really yeah. sort of gone, we needed it, or I needed it. I, I think yeah. I, I was really, really comfortable, yeah. and I, which was really weird because you say about it's given you clarity and you've thought about, well, actually, I'm getting asked all of these questions, so I'm going to do ABC and I'm going to put it in place. Yeah. And yeah. I used to think I... And I think it was either yourself or Roderick that said, I think it was you who talked about coming out, getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. And you had this uh, picture with all the spheres and where success is where you find growth. 
Mm-hmm. And I used to really think I was out of my comfort zone, yeah. but I was in denial. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. I was firmly comfortable with telling yeah. myself I was out of the comfort zone because there was no, there was, there was movement, but it wasn't growth. We were just, I was moving along at the same time as I would do if I did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And, what it's allowed me to do is say, right, actually, people will talk to me. People give me time. People give me advice. It's for me to approach them and take that information, ask those questions and really get under people's skin just to find out how they're doing it. Why is it working or what what is it that I could be doing that would improve my outcomes more often than not? Yeah. Um, and, and and really, it's it's where it comes to that place where you think, I'm going to just try it and see how it works out because I really don't know. And that was really uncomfortable and that was really well and truly out of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So, and and what's been really amazing um, for me, I think this time last year, I've got another friend called Mike. Yeah. And we always talked about doing podcasts yeah. and he has all the kits set up. Brilliant. And we would have conversations and he's got them all recorded up, but they're all stored up, you know, they're all sounds. And we was like, we're going to be doers, Mike, we're going to be doers. We can't just be piling things <laughs> and writing ideas and never really bringing them to life. Yeah. And this, this year, I've been on your podcast several times. I've been on the Dope Black Mums podcast. I've done podcasts for work. And it's been one of those things where I've actually really just enjoyed it because yeah. it's it's super fun. And the opportunities in the spaces that I've turned up have been quite high profile opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And it's made it feel, actually, the world's not as scary as I always imagined it to be. You know, it's not one of those things where you have a special, um, how can I put it? Uh, these are the elites and these are the, the famous yeah, yeah. people and these are the big hitters. Yeah. It feels like all the barriers have sort of come down. And if I look at the WhatsApp groups that I'm involved in now, I'm like, mm-hmm. publisher, hang on, there's a publisher in this group. It's like, hi, <laughs> what do you know about this publishing? So those barriers coming down has really absolutely made, yeah. um, given me a lot of confidence to really yeah. survive in uh, yeah. and getting out of that comfort zone. Absolutely, and and uh, one 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 thing as well, which uh, I mean, you you might already know, but when you when you're looking at uh, setting out something like goals or, or something that you want you want to achieve, or even mm-hmm. the the actions and the daily things that you need to do, it it helps to actually start with the end goal. You know, yes. what, is, what is the the end goal where you want to be? So if, uh, let's say, if it's in property, you want to do a particular property strategy, you define, okay, I want at the end of this year, maybe I should earn 2,000 pounds a month or something. You know, then you work backwards from there to get to, okay, then what do I need to do on a, on a monthly basis? Like in the first month, how many properties do I need? Yeah. Because then it, it gives you like targets and things to work towards. Whereby if you just have a new idea that, okay, I just want to be doing something like uh, podcasting or whatever, you, you, you don't have a, a particular goal. But if you think, if you define your podcast, okay, we want to do maybe 10 episodes by June, for example. Mm-hmm. And then, it went backwards. Yeah, then you have something tangible. Then you know... If you want, uh, let's say it's, it's uh, well, I don't know, uh, twenty episodes. So it's, you've got six months. So how many do you have to do in a in a month? Then you work out what that is. So the month has gone. You haven't done anything. You think, oh, 
then you know we we, we are out of uh, uh, you know our plan. You know, then yes. what can we do? Either the next month we do double or something, or your your plan. And most of this is actually mm-hmm. quite psychological as well. You know, when you think it's in the back of your mind that okay, I need to do so so many. If it works even in the day. The, the, yeah. the things, even when you write down, I need to go to the bank, I need to do this. Finally, it came, it's working. Sorry. Yay! Uh, Good to see you. My head is aching. Why? So I, I have got to celebrate. Oh, hold on. Let me get it. I got Prosecco. Oh. Oh, damn. into the new year. So Pam has been one of the most special people to me this year. And I'm not just saying that because she's here. Um, In April, she sent me a gift all the way from South Africa. And we were supposed to drink that together this year. But Corona is really, and I can't drink it. I keep bringing myself, I bring it out and I get the corkscrew. I've got to open it and I'm like, nope, you can't drink it without Pam. And it goes back in the cupboard. So we need to get together to drink. That wine. Corona doesn't want us to get together. Mm-hmm. Corona's just messing up. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's it's been quite uh, quite a challenge, isn't it? Corona. It's uh, but uh, one one thing that uh, uh, this is quite a uh, interesting to think. You know, have, have you have you heard of uh, Doctor John DeMartini? He talks about values and people doing uh, things that are important to them. Uh, so. But one thing that he he really sticks on and challenges everyone is that everything that happens is neutral. Like uh, there's uh, upsides and downsides. You know? mm-hmm. At the point where we've got uh, emotions of one way or the other, it's because we are only seeing one side of yeah. any particular situation. Mm, yeah. so, you know, when we think uh, Corona has been part of whatever and all sorts, we are thinking one side of the worst uh, cases of it. But if we actually want to be objective and think what are the benefits that it has actually uh, brought you know, personally or otherwise. You, you I don't have to wake up to go to school. The travel in the train. I haven't had a single cold this year. I haven't yeah. had a cold yeah. this year. I don't ever need to get sick again. It's not inevitable that I'll get three colds every year. Thank you, coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, no, the, the traveling home. just kills it for me because I have to wake up two hours before, have a bath, prepare, mm-hmm. run to the bus, get a train and a train and a bus and a bus. Mm-hmm. By the time I get to school, I'm exhausted by traveling, walking, getting to there. Your mood, your mind is all worked up. Yeah, so oh. that, that has been a, an okay. No, no, not, to, not, not to mention the cost savings as well. Getting, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's cheaper. Quite a, yeah, quite expensive here. So, you know, all all those kind of things. Like for me, like I, like I said, I was talking to Brenda. It's it's given me a sort of an equalizer to stop because all those times, like the two hours that you would have spent to go to work and back, that's like maybe three, four hours in the day that uh, you, you've now got back uh, at home. You can For sure. 
the crowd, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, in my role, where where I was field account manager, so I'm dry, my job literally needs me to drive to see customers. I'm not allowed to be in the office because my job is to be face-to-face with customers. Hmm. And uh, I tell you what, I don't miss those days when I have to be in high barnets for... Yeah. so I can find a parking spot just so I can get on a train into central London for a 9.30 meeting. I was just like, do I get the train or do I drive? It's like, well, I'm going to drive because I can't stand the train. Trains are disgusting. Don't hate me. I can't cope with public transport. It stresses me out. Um, For me, coming from Africa, I I realised that the last time I was in a public transport was years ago. Mm. We never do because our our transport system is just horrible. Mm. So going to work and anywhere else we drive, everywhere we drive. Yeah. I do miss being in the old traffic jam, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I do miss an old road. I miss the old road rage. What are you doing? Why are you doing 16 in the fast lane? Much road rage. You don't oh, it as much. You don't. No, it, it's there, but it's a very different kind of rage. It's a very would we'll drive up really close to your car and flash your lights a hundred times. And the gestures. After you will hoot and look at you and ask you, "What is that? Oh. What is that?" Yeah. You don't do that. You don't hoot uh, everywhere. You don't scream. You don't do. It's it's yeah, well, a modern version. It's it's a very it's very passive aggressive. I'd say I think letting it out lets everybody know. Uh, I, I realized years ago that I needed to tone it down because um, I was taking my son to nursery, and it was just me and him in the car. And we pulled up to the lights, and the car stopped. We stopped at red light, and there was another car in front of us, a blue car, and the light changed. To get, yeah, uh, to, to get ready to go to green. And the blue car was sat there, not going anywhere. And my son said, come on, blue car. And he was like four. And I was like, he's, he's learned that from me. Nobody else. I was like, okay, it might be that the opposite mind. I was like, just wind it in a little bit, you know, when you're driving and the kids are around because, yeah. yeah. I missed it a little bit, but I don't think I'll do it all the time. I'll probably say, do it occasionally just mm. occasionally be able to go out and drive and i do miss seeing my clients i've been yeah. very very lucky that i've always had really excellent clients well the the the, the bad clients are f- not many mm-hmm. uh and i've only been threatened to be hit twice yeah. um which was interesting <laughs> it's like why, why are you going to hit me because you didn't make a decision 12 months ago and now you're stuck yeah. uh, but on the whole most of the clients people are pretty pleasant when you go and visit with them and it's quite nice to be hosted and mm-hmm. to be to, to ch- yeah. get a change of scene every day but i do um, agree with fine. pam about getting the, the time back from yeah yeah, yeah. To, getting up two hours early just to be somewhere when you can roll out of bed for 10 seconds you know yeah, rub yeah. your eyes and or even kill the camera you don't even need to rub your eyes just yeah. look on. what's wrong with your camera not today it's are you there the number of times we've had meetings and people have just had no camera it's like are you yeah. there <laughs> are you yeah. awake <laughs> yeah so are, are you are you doing a zoom meetings with your uh clients at the moment or what how is yeah it? it's it's 
It's mostly Teams and Zoom. I haven't done any face-to-face -face meetings. Uh, so it's sort of a company-wide thing that we have in our company that if you, you if you want to and you can and the customer has it's a lot of paperwork and if yeah. there's one thing i hate doing is paperwork so for now i'm just keeping it to um zoom sessions i'm hoping that once we've got the vaccine rolled out mm -hmm. and the um, company policy by the way sorry i'm saying which we are not supposed to get by the way my mom wow. kept on calling me and telling me you shouldn't get the vaccine. I asked her, "Do I even have any power to say no to anything, really?" But I, I, I'm I'm really intrigued. The vaccine, and I understand people's anxieties about the vaccine. I really, really understand it. I get it, and there's a part of me that's anxious a little bit about it. But yeah, I just I don't see what the alternative is because mm -hmm. that's what I was asking her. What's the alternative? Yeah, so my, my my anxiety is coming from the time frame of the their research and whatnot and whatnot yeah. and seeing the, the the aftermath as to okay. Let me put let me give you, let me give an analogy. Let me give an analogy. Right. So Tesla is a new car system. So it's brand new. Nobody does cars like Tesla, but they didn't invent the car. They knew what a car did, how a car worked, how you get seats in, how you get an engine in, what you need in a car to make it work, what makes a car comfortable. And they improved on that very, very quickly. He didn't have to start from scratch. And this virus, yeah, but the viruses that we have and the technology that they're using is stuff that's been developed. The bit that takes a long, long time is to unravel the DNA to understand what you're dealing with. Now, when the virus hit and because it hit everybody at the same time and every laboratory in the world was saying, we need to sort this out. This is the one thing that's happening right now. Nothing else is a priority. So the unraveling of the DNA happened very, very quickly within a couple of weeks. So something that takes years happened within a couple of weeks. And what usually happens is when they do that, certain people own it, then you have to wait a certain time and it costs money to acquire it as part of your research. Oh. But as soon as the genome was unraveled, it was distributed free of charge. For me, the, okay. For okay. me the problem which I have issues with is the aftermath in people's bodies after they tested human human beings there's yeah. no way you can tell until sometimes after years or after a year but that that's that the time frame there's no way you can nuke it in any way shape or form you okay so, that, so there, there, there's that aspect that there, there's a trial period that you need that you can't negate because that time hasn't lapsed mm -hmm. but trust and believe me when there are processes and things that you look out for so i saw uh, i was reading up today that if i told you erythromycin you've taken erythromycin in your life everybody has it's a very common antibiotic babies take it adults take it every time you've got an infection just last week was a release of a potential side effect that people have to look out for Mm -hmm. that was released, that was going out through the pharmaceutical bodies that look after that's, outcomes. That's what I'm saying, that of yeah, all so the medicines which you have, there is that. 
Yeah, so you can never, you can never, you you have to draw a line at some point to say, right, we are satisfied to this point Mm -hmm. that there's no risk or danger. As and when facts change, I review that. That for us at this time, the time for drawing the line, I feel personally. It has been drawn quickly because of their situation. Not that it's it's their own fault. No, but it's never never been a time thing. It's never that they inject you and then wait for time. There are things that they... They, after they have checked everything, the FDA has approved that all is well, then they, they roll it out to people. Then that's when you get the feedback of what is happening to different people, ethnicities, different environments, and all those what? All those things. So but what makes you what, make, what makes you what make what makes you not believe that all those checks have been done to the best of the available? I am sure that they have done to their best of the available whatever yeah. whatever. My my question my my concern is the time frame. Even if they wanted to. Some of these things they take years to roll out to fill out. No, but yeah, but th- th- that's the that's the bit that you've got to understand. The reason it takes time is so. Let's let's put it this way. I want to build a house, right? I've never no, built no, a house. Wait, the vaccine has been done. Yeah, they have checked everything. They have uh, pr- approved whatever it is that they need to approve. Not a problem. They have yeah. checked all the checks and balances and seen that it's working. But yeah. the other part which I'm concerned about for me, it's the part when it goes to people. That one for any vaccine, it still takes time. But which people? It's been tested on people. So which people would it be? Yeah, now that they're rolling it out, it will be tested on thousands and millions. No, of the, the, now it's not being tested. The okay. testing, the testing phase is over. It will be given to people. Once it's given to people, sorry. I think I think Palmer is talking about some of the side effects which take years to actually come about yeah but that that's there's always a risk so even paracetamol there's always a risk but there's a level of risk that is acceptable to say right on balance we feel that the level of risk for anything extreme has been ruled out it may it may be something a reaction to one particular person's makeup okay there was, this, there was this thing which was done for um vests for afghanistan for bulletproof vests for for soldiers you see they tested it for water for rain they tested it for the heat they tested it for everything and it was good for flying colors they rolled it out they were given millions of dollars for people to go with they went with the vest the army people the whoever won that tender was given their money all was well that was and it ended well it was fine with all the checks and balances it was good but after two years or so or a year and a half to two years they realized that because of the sweat of the soldiers when they were in the in the field it had sodium in it so because of the sodium it weakened the the the, the makeup of the bulletproof and then they realized that it it degraded it that at the end of the day a lot of soldiers were killed because the material was not strong enough anymore after a year and a half. They could have never known that, you see? No, that's not a good analogy. And I'll tell you why it's not a good analogy, right? Because the process, and I'm, I'm coming from this, from a biomedical science point of view, because that's what I majored in, right? The, the processes you have to go through for anything to do with what goes in the body in 2020 
is it's not like testing a physical uh, an object outside of the body the checks and balances that we say that but they're not quite the same as building materials or or, or a, a bulletproof vest or me that's something they tested for years like erythromycin that one is a stable antibiotic which has been tested and tried especially for yeah. people like me who don't take um uh, paracetamol <laughs> But you yeah. find out that even after those checks and balances, after so yeah. many years, you realize but, but, that some people it reacts this way. Yeah. And so when when that happens, happens, the point I was bringing that up is that when that happens, the reason you should feel secure and you should feel confident in that those things are in place to protect this is that when those things happen, they are flagged up there and then assessed. They go back and look at it and yeah, find out the reason the reason why that is. So yeah, it, but it's, the other it, thing you are looking at this, you are looking at this from a Western point of view. You should look at it for all the world, even in Africa. Even if they were to flag out uh, uh, erythromycin today, when do we even get to take it out of the system, out of the the the, the, the pharmaceutical? It takes years. And but the, but, the, but the, process, the process of... The, the process of... That this time when we are doing this, some of the checks and balances to do all these things, they have been pushed forward time-wise because of the pandemic. No, but they haven't. They haven't. They haven't cut any corners. I'll have to stress I'm not this. That they haven't yeah, no, no. But no, a lot of a lot of the talk and a lot of people's um, anxiety. That's from not what the, I'm saying. Yeah, no, but hear me out. Hear me out, right? No corners have been cut in making sure that this. I'm fine there. The, the vaccine, as it's been administered today, I is as safe that. as it can be. Right. As with any vaccine, as with any medication, with any pharmaceutical product, is that there's constant review and constant checks and there's constant studies going on. And the minute something comes up that they say, actually, we need to change it, they will do. But I don't believe for one second that a shortcut has been taken I'm anywhere. Shortcut. All I'm saying is that there are some things like, for example, when you are doing um you are you did biology there are some things you have to capture them a certain time frame you cannot push that time to make it like if you have to capture it for two 27 to hours you can't do it 24 it won't reach whatever it is that you are looking for yeah which goes so back to the point that, that i make that no shortcuts have been taken in making sure that this has passed an example could be you know if this uh, vaccine for example damages your liver but over a five-year period you know that's not something they can discover in uh, doing trials in uh, that's what uh, i'm trying to say but i'm not saying they've cut corners but i'm saying what the only worry i have personally is that the time frame is not enough to know some of the things which can be a by or a side effect due to the time due to whatever okay I understand that, but, but at, which, at which point, at which point do you say we know enough that this we believe it to be safe? No, I'm not saying that. What they are saying is not true, and there is no point. They are right. Even at this point, they could be right that this is it. This is as fast as, as far as they can go. They cannot know anything else after five years because it's not five years. But we need it now. So all I'm saying is that for me, I'm okay. I can even take it. I don't have any problem. But I'm saying that my concern personally is that if there's any problem, which I think, yes, I'm willing to, to take the risk of the five years and have a liver mm -hmm. dead, but it's a concern to me. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying what they've tried cut corners or they've yeah. been wrong. I, I, I guess, I guess for me, I understand for that. You are taking I understand what that. you are saying and putting it here. So the conversation is going towards. Okay. No, I understand. I understand now that you've explained that. Right now. I understand that, but I, I guess for me, what my cons- my my worry is, is that where does that anxiety come from, and what's what's uh, what's informing oh, that level of? Anxiety? It's like okay, we, we, we've used. The, let me explain. Let me explain. So we've used the liver as an example, right? So in five years' time, it could impact your liver, right? But what is it? You know, you're saying we don't know, but what what exactly is it? So, for example, let me say I'm taking uh, let's let's use cigarettes. Cigarettes is one everybody understands, right? So, if I'm smoking, I know that if I smoke twenty a day. I'm going to accelerate the degeneration of my lungs. The impact to my lung capacity is going to go down over a period of time. If mm-hmm. I stop smoking, that's going to improve. But if we use that as an example, right? We know smoking. Yeah. So, like, if we know that smoking will impact your lungs, it will impact different things. So, if I'm anxious about being in a smoky environment, I know that I don't want my respiratory tract to be affected because I understand that smoking impacts my lungs and therefore the toxins go into my bloodstream, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What I want is a thought process similar to say, what's causing the anxiety that if I've got this uh, vaccine, something's gonna go wrong. But I want to know where that's coming from. Is it the lungs? Is it something? that you've read is it something that you're thinking is going to attack my immune system medication it doesn't it's not it's not concerning only the the coronavirus uh, injection or vaccine whether it's a polio one or it's a corona one that is a concern to me because even as it is even if it was perfectly done a vaccine itself as you know that they use a, a weaker uh, virus for your body to fight it so that it can that's a basic layman's explanation of a vaccine they, they haven't they haven't done that this time though no, they, they, they have in the, in the oxford one they so the, Ox, the, Ox, the oxford one they have but in the one that's the biontech one which hmm. is what they have been um pushing on uh, the i'm trying to remember the name of the lady who led the the global study uh, i remember um do you guys remember there was a flight going to Australia or to somewhere down the Southern Hemisphere, there was a big conference for HIV and there was 100 specialists or so on a flight and the flight disappeared. I, was, I can't remember if it was the Malaysia airline. There was Malaysia. a big flight. Yeah. yeah, and there's a whole load of scientists that perished that were specialists. They were like top, top specialists in their fields, all doing HIV. They all happened to be on the same flight and they all perished on that flight. And one of the things that they've been looking at is looking at how to use the DNA because DNA technology was like big thing now and that they were looking at how to use that as either part of treatment or part of a uh, 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 vaccine or a way of managing HIV other than just ARVs because they're very expensive, they're very um they're very draining on the body. They have an impact on the body. And that's part of the research that's been coming through. So we had the HIV, we've had bird flu, we've had swine flu. So there's all these flu viruses that have been going on where they've been trying to figure out what technology to use. It just so happens that this big pandemic has come on 
and that technology had been happening and it's like zoom it's happened we've all had zoom if this pandemic had happened 20 years ago we couldn't afford dates on our phones we couldn't afford to buy for you know to do to, to do all the communication but yeah. for for the timing it was right so yeah. i think that whilst the oxford one is using i'll call it old tech the way the world is moving and the way we're understanding uh, how to use the uh, DNA and mRNA and all the rest of it is that that will become the new way of delivering because it can be more tailored. Uh, Pam well, mentioned maybe something. That, maybe that one will be much more comfortable for a lot of people because it is much more tailored to probably individu individuals also or they'll tell what genomes you have that can't work with a certain thing. But yeah, I'm so I mean, from the old, old school kind of vaccine. Yeah. I, I, the new school, I don't know much about it, so I can't talk because yeah. I'm But the I old do school, understand. The old school I'm talking about in that way, if you, you give it um, like a vaccine, it's some people die with the vaccine. Even if I had no corona and they give me a, 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 a vaccine shot, I might contact corona and die of it because of mm -hmm. what the vaccine so those is that's also another concern you see yeah but the, the way the body reacts you know you could drink you could drink any kind of wine and be fine and then drink one type of wine and that's the one that you have a reaction to and die you could one day wake up i can't drink milky drinks without having to take lactase we need to look at if they're on offer again pam <laughs> that just reminded me without taking lactase and the body my body has changed so drinking milk wasn't a problem five years ago drinking milk is a problem now bodies change and bodies will react but i want everybody to really understand that there isn't a body out there that's trying to get at people. No, and I think, that's not what we are saying. Yeah. For me, no, 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 no. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that you are. I'm saying that people in general. Because mm -hmm. trust me, my WhatsApp. I've stopped responding to people because. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> I, you know, you know, I, that was only my mom who has. I've had. You know, I had a friend who who said, "Oh, I don't know. I can't try. I don't trust the vaccine," and I said, "Oh, why is that?" And she said, oh, it's happened too quickly. I said, oh, okay. So I said, okay, talk me through the process of getting a vaccine together. Just yeah. what happens, what stages are in place. And she said, oh, I don't know that. I'm not a scientist, Bren. So how do you know it's too quickly? So, so I said, so, but I said, how have you arrived at the opinion that it's too quickly? She says, well, they couldn't have. It couldn't. I said, but you don't know what steps they've missed or what steps that are involved, how it goes from A to B. So I said, it's like me saying, you built the house too fast. You couldn't have, because in my mind, building... <laughs> yeah, but look, look, look at if you look at if you look at the progress in uh, in Dubai. Let's use Dubai. Extreme, uh, what you call extreme makeover. They yeah, they, you know, you, I'll be Dubai like, there's no place. way. If, if you were talking to me, I was in Malawi and I'd never seen a high rise and never been to a modern city. And somebody says to me, oh, you know, Dubai was a desert 20 years ago. Now it's got the most skyscrapers. I'd be like, guys, we can't even build a house for, it takes three. It, it's, it's like you have no understanding of what's going on. So I think what's informing my position and why I'm, I'm, I'm really urging, particularly black people, uh, I, we, we are very uh, susceptible to WhatsApp aunties where we are very willing to believe unsourced materials. And I, 
Do you think I, people are like that anymore? I think people are much better now. Oh, no, I think it's worse. I think it's a lot worse now. I think it's worse than it's ever been. And this pandemic has, to me, shown a big light that as long as it comes on WhatsApp as a forward, people believe it. And the minute you question it, it's you get this reaction that like, oh, no, and... Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what, my worry is that because people do not question, and I have my own theories as to why, as a group of people, we are very unquestioning of where things come from, as long as they're worded in a certain way, is that we don't know who writes this stuff. And mm -hmm. I don't, in 2020, I don't believe that everybody out there is good. I think there are people that are bad and they wish bad things and they will utilize whatever weaknesses they perceive to be in a group of people to make sure that they get That's their ends. So yeah. if, if it's misinformation and disinformation and they know that this virus impacts black people for social reasons, economic reasons, the jobs that we do, the kind of lifestyles that we have, the way we live, we live in smaller houses with multiple generations. The impact is that the mortality rate in black people has been super, super high. I'm not talking about in Africa, I'm talking about here in the West where a lot of this misinformation is going on. And a lot of the numbers are high. The prevalence is high in the West. Now, if I, if, I, if, I, if I... In Africa, they're not testing. Why, why is it high here? Um... I, I don't know. I have my my theories, but let me let me tell you why where I was going with that. So if I was a Bond villain, right, and my thing was I don't like black people, and I I'm want worried to about your thoughts, but hey, continue. Yeah, yeah uh, let me walk you there. I'm a Bond villain. Let's call me Bren, bad Bren, uh, and my my thing is I don't like black people. I want them to 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 die there's a pandemic going on i want them to suffer i want them to be hit the hardest and i know that they'll believe any old shit pardon my french that mm -hmm. goes through a whatsapp group all i need to do is send it to one person mm -hmm. five people and mm -hmm. say a voice note hi and I can even put on a, 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 a Karen voice, let's say. I'm a ward sister, and I'm telling you now, I wouldn't be taking this medicine. This coronavirus is not real. It's, I'll believe, because I know those people believe it. Once it gets forwarded once, it's I like wildfire. It's, you cannot contain it. Mm. And I don't need everybody in the black community to believe it. I just need enough morons to believe it and run with it. And once that's lodged in there and it's under your skin and you have no way of verifying, you have no, you haven't got the faintest desire to even question it. You take it as gospel because it already informs your own prejudices. It already informs what you want to believe to be true. If you want to believe to be true that there's out there, there's a, um, the man wants to get me, they have it in for me, they don't believe in what I'm saying. But, I, the, but the other thing you should understand that it's, it's a tricky thing, uh, especially like for me from looking at uh, South Africa, Mm -hmm. You know that the, the Boas, the 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 the, the Bunos, the South African white people, they were really injecting black South Africans to oh, stop yeah. giving birth, HIV stuff, and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah, so, that's true. 
like the at the beginning Mbeki used to say that HIV is not a disease it's these white people just conspiracy issues and whatnot by the time they decided that no 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 it it seems like it is true it's all other countries around us and everywhere in the world it's not only us that's when they started panicking and whatnot they even asked him as a president uh, part of the stories which they never liked about him yeah. All I'm saying is that once people, that has been done, even the Ebola, if you go Nigerians, some yeah. of them believe that it was there. I don't know. I never followed that, but the South African yeah. one, I did. So yeah. I don't know what Ebola is. So that's the problem, which, because it, it has happened. There have been villains before. Yeah. We don't know which version they go. They can go yeah. in the version of lying about it. They can also oh. go in the version of actually doing it. So yeah. how do you know? The, the the problem, and I think if you remember when I started saying is that we are an unquestioning bunch of people. We lack the ability to question and dig That's deep. We want you. We want you. What's up? Let's just use WhatsApp as a, as a means. You and I will do our research. We will ask one question, two questions. Some people never ask the first question as to who has. You are talking up from here, where you have information, where you can find stuff from somewhere. But look at Google. Google, Google, hold on. Google is everywhere. If you can get to WhatsApp, you can get to Google. If no, you can I'm get to WhatsApp, you can get to Google. Contained in a country, like the, the, the time they were doing the injection of South African Boers, there was no information anyway. You couldn't find it was just conspiracy stories which were people down underground which were talking about it but nobody was countries refused to even remove apartheid in south africa yeah so no, we, let's, no we're not let's not conflate asking questions and where information is available right we are all here don't know anything no we should be asking questions of who potentially has sent this who could be sending this what could their objective be what is their motivation to get this is this the objective truth is this being fed by my prejudices am i believing am i wanting to believe this because it fits in with what in my head is a prejudice and a narrative i'll give you i'll give you another example i'll give you another example Every time Black Friday is coming, that stupid meme that says Black Friday came about because it was a day when they used to sell black slaves. No, and no, no. Okay, that one is you can look, you can look, people, you can look it up. Yes, and yeah, so, but people, people would WhatsApp that a million times around the world before breakfast and believe it because it fed into our own prejudices to say, well, yes, slavery happened. It must be. Well, actually, it's a very simple explanation as to why it came about. It's a coincidence on the name, but that wasn't yeah. it. I, that, I that's just, that, but I'm that's just an example. You are not That's just me. On South Africa, an example which I'm giving you, South Africa, it was because, first of all, the stories which were going about were like in WhatsApp kind of thing. A wildfire from WhatsApp saying that this is what is happening. You ask, you ask who? Nobody knows the information for reals. It's rumors, it's whatnot. You ask anyone, there's no information anywhere. Even if you Google it, you can't find it. It could be true and it could be a lie too. But until so many years then that's when the 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 government changed a lot of things changed that's when the information came and found yeah. out that it was true but during that time there was no way no I, and that is true but, but there was no one who would answer that 
the, the, what I'm saying is we've got to be more critical. I'm not saying that the answers are always going to be there. I could, I could get a text message and it could have also, and there's no way of me finding the objective truth in that text message with whatever questions I have. What I'm saying is that I think as a group of people, we are more readily able to accept nonsense on WhatsApp as gospel. If, uh, if it comes from somebody we perceive to be uh, infallible, and I'm going to use church pastors that that will uh, there was a in the beginning of coronavirus there was a church pastor he shall remain nam nameless who went on a rant about 5g who went on a rant about zinc who went on a rant about uh just drink uh, orange lemon juice and da -da 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 -da, and take zinc and so on and so forth and actually i was like and th th this guy was going on about mrna he was talking about dna he's like is it going to put dna in our body and it's gone and i was like <laughs> anybody who knows anything about any the basics of gen genetics 101 understands that what he's talking about is nonsense it makes no sense he knows nothing about 5g he he is playing on people's prejudices but because it came from somebody like that the people that uh, took that message unquestioningly unquestioningly took it as gospel that this man must know exactly what he's talking about and people got stressed out and stressed out over 5G. And you're like, I said to, I remember doing a podcast about 5G and uh, and coronavirus. And I said, okay, guys, hands up. What does the G stand for in 5G? I remember that podcast for the... Yeah, uh, and it's the, like, it's like people didn't know what... The, here, in this context, in the event that whatever that guy was saying was true, how would we have found out? Yeah, but th that's the thing. We we don't we have to be able to question. And if there's no way of empirically proving that what he's saying is correct or not correct, and actually it was very easy to disprove what he was saying. It was actually no, really easy. But I'm saying that sometimes the information, like I was telling you in South Africa, yeah, the information was true. The, yeah, the information because yeah, it was but, down under, and some of the people who are telling you the information, nobody knew about HIV at that time. You know, yeah. So it's out there that nobody can even understand. The, Why can't the reason, the reason, the reason we found out it to be true is because people were not accepting of what was being said as fact. Somebody went and did the digging. I don't have to do it. I'm not a specialist. I, I, I have no, a full time. For me, I didn't even need any specialist to tell a man really. Yeah, no, but pe people really just, you know, it's like nonsense. But I it's the fact somebody who told me that uh, a router in the house is got 5G and whatnot. I said, you know what? If you are worried about 5Gs and routers and TV, let's just get <laughs> the phones. Because let's just turn everything off. I tried a campaign. I tried a I tried a campaign. I think it was it was it the iPhone 11 was the one that came out at that time. And I was like, look, guys, if you're really worried about the 5Gs, if you give me your devices, I'll take them off you. Free amnesty. Just I'll relieve you of this dangerous Gs that you're worried about. Just yeah. And nobody actually handed over their phones because. But the, the other thing, the other thing as well that I was I've been trying to find out a bit more about it is a lot of conspiracies and a lot of conspiracy theories where maybe five years ago would have been like, oh, you know, that's just a like flat earthers, for example. That's like really big now. People really believe in the earth is flat. It's great. And I, I often ask myself, is it just extreme paranoia? Is it just a, a level of paranoia so deep 
it's no. actually um, oh, pathological. <laughs> we should go back to caveman days. We should no, be thinking okay. too hard. That people are using so much drugs or something, so the reality has left us. That's why I was saying all yeah, oh, this coronavirus and everything stopping, you know, it's a chance to sort of uh, take stock and stop. Yeah, and, but what but what we when we've stopped when we've stopped it, what, what are we gonna do with the mad people? What are we gonna do with them? And obviously I am in that group of people that's mad. What are we gonna do with people like me? We're gonna round them up. I think all of us, the world, it's just that people, we look at always, the, our default setting is the negative part of the situation. But mm -hmm. if you look at Corona and you think of it in a positive way, it was just a time for us to just go and restart, reboot somewhat. This will continue probably and it might get worse. Um, we might be stalking. You remember, I, I, I put a... a, a on my status, that that somebody sent me a meme of saying five, uh, ten years from now, you'll put on a jacket and find a, a mask in the pocket. You'll laugh about it, eh? and they'll talk to yourself. Oh, that was a weird year. And then yeah. I look, pick up your machete to. It's always really good to, and I'm always really passionate about things that I talk about, but it's always really good to understand the perspective. I think that as, um, you know, you, I'm, a, I'm a mom to two kids and I want them to be really curious. And I know for sure growing up, I was told you should not be asking questions. Don't be talking when adults are around. My innate curiosity. It's not really good that they didn't want you to be talking. I think parents just... <laughs> Just yeah, but to talk no, to you. <laughs> to no, but yeah, but children. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, children were to be seen and not to be heard. And your natural curiosity was put down to something other than just what it was. And well, you're right. In, you're right. In, you're, you're right in saying, you know, it was just parents perhaps didn't have the time or they didn't know the answers. But what that does, it conditions you to. To not ask questions, yeah. that asking questions makes it uncomfortable, and that, that becomes the norm. My father was a very patient man. He well, he is a very patient man. He really answered all the why. Why does this thing? Why does this thing? My mom would pull her hair and say, "Why do you ask so many questions?" But my father would answer every question you ask him if you are traveling to town or wherever you would ask him for hours like for me i would talk and talk and ask him all the things which were going mm. into my mind i still do it now i blabber my mind instead of just leaving it in here i speak mm -hmm. it out sometimes i don't want you to, to answer i just want you to be present you don't have to yeah but you you and i have had this conversation before where our upbringing was not the norm it was a very different kind of upbringing i i, I part, well, part of my upbringing when we were growing up my right 
And we, my younger sister and I, we would go to my mum's, my mum and bedrooms, my mum and dad's bedroom was not off limits. We would sit at the table with my mum and dad and, you know, we would watch TV during the day. If my parents were not at home, we could put them on in a video during the day, like the parents were at home and all the other kids would be like this on the windows. And it was like, look, guys, if you're going to watch, you're going to watch properly and you're going to make sure my my sister, because when my mum comes back and she finds out, she's going to go mad that but in my doorbell, not because we were watching the video. Oh, that's so that was that was a very different upbringing to my neighbours who never went to their parents' bedroom, who never, ever, ever would they ever dare go inside their parents or eat at the table with their parents. They ate in the kitchen while the parents ate at the table. They Ooh, were... Oh, hey, Dee! Sorry, I'm like, I just took a shower. I'm in the pajamas. I'm waiting for the kids to come over so we can start the countdown. So I just wanted to say hi. Oh, hi. So good to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's been a rough couple of months, but um, just taking it a day at a time, you know, Mm -hmm. so. Today is a good day, so that's yeah. good. Oh, that's yeah. Good. yeah. Oh, good to see you. Yeah, you guys all look great. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm supposed to be at a disco, you know. Alex, you're taking out all my time. I actually, I actually, let me tell you. So, um, so you guys know I co-parent, right? So at Christmas right. time, we we make sure that uh, each year we flip. So right. one parent has them for Christmas, and then the other parent has them for New Year's. And normally right. it works out about right in the week, but this this year because of where the Christmas and New Year have fallen, we've had to do a lot of coming and going. So I was looking at the clock. I was like, "Kids, half six. We've got to be on the road. You've got to go back to your dad's because you've got New Year's." I was like, "Have a nice time. It's going to be great. I'll see you next year." Shut the door. <laughs> Driving home on the way home, I'm like, "Hello, Chinese. Can I place an order, please?" <laughs> I know. I. I, I I usually get that, you know, the, the co-parenting piece, yeah. but this year we've, we have had to, to do it differently. And I was, mm-hmm. I've been talking to Alex and I'm just so grateful that we, we have such a great relationship. He's actually coming here with the puppy and he's going to spend the night here. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, brilliant. Uh, yeah. And for, cause both the girls birthdays are in December. So um one was on the 12th i came out of the hospital that same day and we had her party just a dinner here so he came here as well and the little one's birthday is christmas eve so he actually came over because i can't drive now um yeah so he came over and picked us up me and my mom and we spent the night at his house and uh so yeah because he has had to like take over uh most of the this year so Yeah, so I'm I'm grateful for that. So he's, uh, yeah. So he's he's coming over with a. We got a new puppy for the for the little one, and so oh. dude, I don't know how I feel about I that. I, I would love nothing more than to have a dog. They're so loyal. They're so happy. They love you. But this business of taking them out for a walk. I'm picking up their warm doggy do when it's That's steaming. I cannot. The African, the African in me the just goes. Me cannot. And my oldest <laughs> one, you know, most of her life she was in Malawi. She cannot do it. She goes, Mom, 
I had to, I picked the dog the other day, you know, um, because like when you're married, I was just like, it was a no, no. Cause I'm allergic to dogs and cats as well. Like, so oh, no. Yeah. So we had to get for the little one. She's also allergic to dogs. So we had to get um, a hair dog. Oh, so like, yeah, for the little one. So the, the oldest she's one, she's, she's, what's that? But she's allergic to the to dogs. She's allergic to, to fur. So we had to get a oh, hair, hair so dog. Get a, so yeah, poodles, we had, we had the ones that the Obamas had their hair dogs. Exactly. So we had to get like a a, a miniature, like a, a, a mid-sized poodle. Not a chihuahua, please. Those things are like rats. Rats. Exactly. So we got actually, we got one because uh, they have to come to you when they're eight weeks old. Mm-hmm. So we, we got one. We got one in September, and we had it, we had it for less than twenty four hours, and it died. <gasps> oh, it was so devastating because he had. We didn't know that he had pneumonia, right? So, oh, oh was it all vaccinated and everything? It was, but it had pneumonia. So, uh, you see oh. that? They die. I feel. I feel I'm like you. I cried. We had a fish and it died. And I was under the blanket crying my eyes out. I'm laughing because <laughs> I was crying. Like, my ex like came under the, in the room, like, what are you doing? I was like, he's dead. I was devastated. I was like, oh, I can't do it. I really wish I was more like that. I do feel sad. I do have sad feelings. But I'm very practical about it. I'm like, right, fish is no, gone. I'm not good with one day is like okay. This is gonna did I ever tell you about my cat stories? So I've got two cats. I love them dearly. And they, my kids are big on pets. They would love a dog, but like I said, the African in me walking around picking up warm doggy do big no no. So we have two cats and they go inside and they go outside. We live on a main street here so it gets quite busy and the cats were doing all right but one day we were literally leaving to go i can't remember it was football or something and all i heard was a kid screaming oh my god the cat's been hit oh my god the cat's been hit so i start looking at the kids i'm like i'm not worried about the cat i'm gonna make sure the kids are okay and then she's like, he's over there and this woman has gone across the road and picked up the cat and i look at him he's lifeless and the thing that went through my head was you're going to die, die quickly before I get you to the vets. No, it wasn't that I wanted it to die. I was just like, if you're going to die, let's not make this a long drawn out process. Cause when we get to the vets, it's six o'clock. They were literally, I live around the corner from the vet. So, you know, on my road, Pam, if you turn left, Five, two minute walk you're at the vet so I rang them this is 10 to 6 I'm like my cat's just been hit can I bring him in they're like quick quick if you can make it here before we close we get there and you know like I could see the vet was trying really hard not to give me bad news and he said look we're gonna shut very close uh, very soon what you should do is you need to take him to the pet doc pet hospital where they can keep him overnight and I was sat there going okay so is there hope for him he goes Let's give him 24 hours. I'm like, 24 hours? I've got to deal with my kids for 24 hours. So we go to the pet hospital, and they, so you get pet insurance. You have to get pet insurance. Otherwise, it's super, super expensive to, to look after them. 
So me and the kids, the kids are crying. I'm like, look, it's going to be fine. The doctor said, you know, we've just got to make sure we could take it to the hospital. It's going to... I knew I was lying through my back teeth. I was just wanting these kids to stop crying. I just wanted them to stop crying. So we get to the pet, pet hospital. They whisk him away. They take him. And they're like, okay, we've made him really comfortable. We've given him pain relief. He's settling down. His heart rate's gone down. You know, he's settling down. But we need to do scans. We need to do bloods. We need to do... Have you got insurance? I said, yes. He goes, okay. Okay, well, what's your deductible? And I said two hundred and fifty pounds. And they went, okay, great. Well, after your deductible, it'll be another thirteen hundred pounds for the overnight stay. <laughs> and, you know, I went, and I was like, now you see where I was going. If you if you're gonna die, cat, you need to die straight away, so we don't have to deal with this. So I said, hang on. My vet said that he's going to give him 24 hours and then make an assessment. Can we, what else can we do? Because they were throwing a A1 service for this poor cat. And yeah. I really wanted to spend 1,300 pounds for my, I think you guys remember in the, in the, in the KA group, I was like, it's 800 pounds. If you want to, if you want your kids to go far, tell them to be vets because they were going to charge me 800 pounds. Right. So anyway, so they did, they said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to give him pain relief. You can take him home. In the morning, take him to your vets and then they'll do another assessment. I said, okay, great, we'll do that. That was like 200 pounds. It, it covered, it was covered under my ex. I said, no problem. So we paid for that. Brought this cat home. My kids wouldn't sleep. They wanted to sleep with a cat in their room. It was a headache. And I was like, you can't die now, cat. You cannot die now. You have to live. I don't know if you've got nine lives and... This cat's still here. This cat is alive. The scans, there was not a single bone broken. All he has is that where the impact came with the car, he cracked a little bit of his bone. So, you know, like cat's teeth are like that. His teeth are like that. They're just off center a little bit. So he looks like Sliced alone. So he walks around with the mouth that's hanging open. But it's uh, oh, that's funny. It's, it's we love him. I love the cats. Don't get me wrong. It did make me sad. But I was my practical part of my brain was just like, you've been hit. It's not looking great. If you're gonna die, just make up yeah. your mind. Please just make it no. quick so, so I can deal with the kids. Just that twenty-four hour period with the kids crying was okay. awful. I stepped yeah. on a cat and I heard some noise. Ew. <laughs> It went, ah, I, just, I never want animals anymore. Yeah. I can't. Like my, my boyfriend has like, I think with his ex, they have like eight cats. I'm like, I'm allergic to cats, so we're not even doing that. Yeah. But like the other day, I don't know, he, he's like an agent. So he was investigating something and I, he, he found a cat there. And he was here with me for a whole week. He was driving every day for an hour and a half to go feed this stray cat. Whoa. <laughs> I, I'm not that kind of cat person. He was like driving three hours, like an hour and a half. So then he's like, okay, let's name the cat. You name the cat. I was like, fine, I named the cat. He's like, now you name the cat. He's trying to get me to get the cat. I'm like, we're not doing that. I just, because I named the cat. So like literally the moment he lands on the, from the plane, he's going to find his cat. And yeah, he's driving an hour, three hours for the whole week he was here every day to go find this stray cat. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, because he couldn't bring it with, with because, you. 
Yeah, he can like I'm allergic. I'm allergic mm-hmm. to cats, so like he couldn't. And he was he tried to take the cat to take it to the vet, and he was gonna pay like cash for this. I was like, I'm like you, Brent. I'm like thinking the money first. I'm like, the, the. yeah, you know, thinking, am I thinking the money? I'm thinking about like. I think on the practical side, like I was just being practical. I wasn't being heartless. I'm like, this is, I have to wake up for this thing. I have to go do this. And, and I travel a lot, you know, when I'm usually working and stuff and I don't want to, then you have to pay to board them and yada, yada and blah, blah, blah. About about boarding cats, right. You have to have, you have to find in your neighborhood, the cat people. Once yeah. you find the cat people in your neighborhood, you're good. Because what you do is you make friends with them. You invite them over for a cup of tea or maybe some gin and some wine. And you become yeah, really friendly with them. And then when you're going away, hi, Claire. Can I ask a favor? I'm going to Malawi for three weeks. Can you look after my cats? <laughs> oh, it was my cat, my my neighbor and friend Claire is brilliant because not only will she feed the, she'll make sure the cats are fed and watered. She will send me updates. I was getting WhatsApp updates when I was in Malawi. Right. I've seen I've seen Eva today, but I haven't seen Mitz. I waited for ninety minutes and he didn't come. I will go back to see. <laughs> <laughs> And then she's like, Do you want me to open the shut the curtains? I'm like, look, it's honestly I don't mind. So she'd come and she'd turn the lights on and lights off, open the curtains, make sure she's seen both cats. So that was all gravy until she had to go on holiday and she said, Friend, can I ask a favor? I'm like, anything Claire and she said I'm going away for a weekend can you look after my cats I'm like no problem all I wanted to do is go feed the cats and leave then I remembered that when she looked after my cats she took pictures she was sending me updates I'm like man Claire's a gem she does so much for me sorry you're witnessing what happens when I start having hot flashes flashes, sorry Alex Oh, yeah. right. Give me, a, give me a second. Yeah. Give me a second. No, I can't see anything. Yeah. Is that from the mess, D? Oh. D? Uh, yeah. No, I have to. Oh. Aircon. Yeah. Aircon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the air conditioning is on like twenty four seven. I never turn it off. But mm-hmm. that's a fun. Oh. Come on, mess. Okay. Is that from the meds or is it just the, the, the condition itself? What's that? Uh, it, it's the, is it the meds or it's because of the um, thing? Well, it's the, it's going both. It's the hysterectomy, but also, um, actually, I haven't had a heart flash like this in a while. Um, mm. But it's also of the opioids. I'm on like, yeah. um um yeah yeah right now i'm on uh what's that highest one that killed michael uh michael jackson fentanyl oh wow so 
Yeah, so I have uh, a. You know, <laughs> just casually drop that in. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's quite an interesting reference. I get scared. I'm on that one, that really strong what, one. That yeah, the high, the that highest one. I'm on the A list, right? The one that killed Michael Jackson, yeah, that's the kind of shit I'm on. Forget that it killed someone. It's a celebrity. No, like, trust me like i i get scared all the time but i have it as a i have it as a patch right okay um, it comes in slowly well yeah. you don't know how well it comes in so the doctor the other day was like um you need to be careful on how hot your body gets because the heat will release more oh yes yeah, and i was like how now much are we talking about like mm. are you talking about a little heat are you talking like how much heat like i live in florida like on top of that, it's an opioid, and I'm also on another opioid. So I'm on the fentanyl, and I'm also on another opioid called Dilaudid. So mm-hmm. they all make my body hot. Mm. So I'm like, well, yeah. it, it, my body gets hot in itself. So I'm like, how hot are you talking about? He goes, I don't know. Like overdose, like taking a shower, I could overdose. So yesterday yeah. I felt so bad. I was telling my little one, she was in my room and she was like, Oh, taking a shower. She's like, Mom, what's that? On so when I'm in the shower, I'm trying to do gymnastics, right? Like trying to prevent that water from going on my oh, getting in. Yeah. She was like, What are you doing? So I'm trying to tell her, I'm like, hey, if you ever see mom not breathing, like this is what I want you to do. And then she's like, Mom, I'm kind of scared. Like I like me and you, kiddo. Like I don't know. <laughs> oh, how shower. old is she? She just turned seven, right? And oh. so she's like, I need to write these things down. I can't remember the sequence, right? <laughs> Seven-year-olds are scared of a lot of things. Yeah, like, like they really are. Everything frightens them. Yeah. So, but she's she's very like practical, and so she was like, "Wait, I can't remember this sequence." So I go call, go go, and then I call nine one one, and I should tell them what again. And I'm, oh, <laughs> I know. Very no, but also yeah, the way you tell you tell her, it's that it's 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 safe to talk to her about it so yeah. it's not like she's freaked out or whatever yeah, she's not freaked out about it but she's like mm-hmm. yeah so like we talk and stuff but no but like every time i go to to bed i get you know like i was just taking a shower and i'm like like mm-hmm. I, I don't know like nobody really i and you don't really know how much made it's a patch like it's not it's like, a patch and you, you don't sometimes know like you know with my pill i know exactly right like i know exactly with my pill like how much I'm taking, and yeah. it's actually not covering, which is crazy. I'm on such high doses of medication, and it's not covering the pain. I'm actually, I've just yeah. asked for a wheelchair because now I have to start using that because I just walking is difficult for me. Yeah. Now they're talking about putting a, it's like a pump, right? Oh, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, epidural. So yeah, and I'm just like, uh, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. So it's a lot to take in and to a, think it's about. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. So I'm going to be seeing them on Tuesday and we can talk about that. But do you have a, a good pain management team? Yeah, he's actually he's actually quite brilliant. But you know, the problem is I'm I'm small and you cannot mm-hmm. give you can only so, so much so much. Yeah. 
so mm. much pain medication. So mm. right now I'm kind of like between a rock and a hard place because uh, we have stopped all the cancer treatment for now mm-hmm. because all the cancer yeah, medications that cause the pain. Right, oh, so okay. triggered. So because I already have fibromyalgia, so the cancer medication has triggered. I've never had this kind of fibromyalgia pain ever. It has just made it impossibly mm-hmm. worse. So they've stopped all of that. So the doctor has given me a month off. And mm-hmm. uh, so the pain doctor can try to get the pain under control. But either way, mm-hmm. so right now my options are take the cancer medication. And be in pain. And, and, and be in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And you can't do anything. Or don't take it. And the cancer, make, and the cancer comes back. Mm-hmm. So, like, Wow. Well, it is a place for real. Two choices, and I'm just like, well, yeah. right now I'm, I'm leaning towards not, because it's just in the last two months I've ended up in the hospital twice. I can't move. I can't, you know, it just, mm. you know, and over an overdose is very high. What's that? Is it there like a like a, a halfway point? Like maybe you just. Have a little bit of the medicine with um, so much in we, pain. We tried that, like the last combination of the medication. We we tried all possible ways, like taking it every other day, just taking some, just not taking. But those, those, the, the medications for my stage, my stage, stage four cancer, they just um, hmm. all of them. They pretty much cause pain like physical pain um so we, we're gonna figure it out we're gonna i mean at that point we just have to try because it may cause pain or it may not but for me like i've tried those before and so we we just we just have to try so i, I have about three more weeks to to work with the pain team to mm-hmm. like, see you know um maybe we can get to a place where i can yeah. I, I can be okay and stuff like that and and take yeah. it and, and, and do that. Um, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm just like, you know, I believe in, in miracles. And mm-hmm. uh, so there's a third choice. Right? Those are the yeah. two choices, but I believe in a third choice, right? Um, and that's what I'm believing in. And and so, um, yeah, so we just work yeah. with the pain team for, for the next three weeks and just see if we can get to a good place. I mean, I take, you know, CBD, THC. I mean, I just throw everything at it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. just do stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, and, so we'll see. And there, there is that thing with you, you know, of, of all people, you you know it probably better than anyone, which is that, that power of the mind, yeah? you know? Exactly. Yeah, just yeah. your your mental strength and resolve and all of that is just as, as powerful as anything. Not more powerful. So, uh, it, uh, it's very difficult at times when things are hard to actually deploy it, you know. But uh, yeah. you know, always remember, remember it as well. Brenda, your typing is noisy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, and B asked, "Where are you? Where are you? I was supposed to be somewhere." I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna be there in a minute." <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, it's uh, it
it, yeah, you're right. It's like a lot of, you know, I do a lot of meditation and things like that. And it's, mm. but it's, yeah. it's interesting. Like, like, <clears throat> you know, like when you think about emotional pain, physical pain, spiritual pain, it's so very interesting. It's, it's, you know, I used to do yoga, I do all these kind of different things. And this is very mm. difficult when you're in a lot of pain yeah. To, yeah. to go to that place. You know, like you can talk about it on an great day, just mm. meditate. Mm. Yeah. Just, just meditate when you're in such excruciating pain. When you I say the same thing, that when you're in that situation, you know everything which you're supposed to do. You can even you, tell somebody to do it, but to, to find do it. But you can't. I have so many audiobooks. Exactly. You know, like so many audiobooks. I can't I even can. listen to the audiobook. All I can do is just oh, plug it in my ear. I can't even do it. Like mm, I, I, I don't want, I, when when I'm in a funk, I was saying to Alex that I've had to. Uh, he was asking me earlier about my consultancy, and I said I've had to yeah. take a step back. And it got to the point where I wasn't sleeping, and I sort of knew well. You should do exercise. You should go outside. You yeah. should try getting some conversations exactly. with friends. Yeah. And then uh, my my very very good friend, who's part of my core care and support team, they always checking in on me because. Why? Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> just what I was like. I don't want to hear about looking after myself. Okay, it's too much. It's too much. And all she was doing was just, "Have you eaten? Have you tried eating something today?" Exactly. And it was like, I, I was like, "V, I don't want to think about it. I'm okay, Sometimes honestly." You just want to go in in bed and just cover your face. That's Sometimes it. I just stare at the ceiling. Mm. And just- and mm. just and then it, it does you get through it you know sometimes yeah. sometimes you don't need to do anything and that's what i tell exactly. you like, that's true sometimes you don't you don't need to do anything i don't you know sometimes all i do is i call my boyfriend and all i say is read and he just knows not to ask me questions mm. i'm in a lot of pain there's a book we're reading he just starts reading because yeah. I can't read it myself right mm. i can't I, I can't even do it for myself and he just mm does it for me and sometimes i will fall asleep and 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 that's it i'm just like in that place and um so it's uh it can get very hard but i hear i think the dog is here mm. oh so <laughs> right I, i'm gonna have to love you guys and leave right. you yeah, um, but and it was really good to spend the last few hours of few 2020 hours with, you with you guys. I love um, you guys. And you, I'll see you on the other side. I'm not, wishing, I'm, not, I'm not wishing anybody the HNY because last time I did that, 2020 was a mess. So I'm not taking any chances. Just know I love you all and I come from a good place. Just because I'm not saying it just doesn't mean it's not there. But last time I did that, you, we are where we are. I'm not are doing the HNY thing. So be good and look after right. each other. Ciao. All right. Love you guys. Bye. All right. Okay. Bye. Who's gone? So I go. Oh, she's gone. Yeah, everyone is done. So I guess um, we'll uh, catch up uh, soon. Happy New Year and all of that. And hope uh, 2021 will be a better year. And uh, you can always be hopeful. So until then, it's um, all the best for me to everyone. Bye.